0: Chapter 5 of Master of Life and Death by Robert Silverberg. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The new sign on the office door said, Ray Walton, Interim Director, Bureau of Population Equalization. He had argued against putting it up there, on the grounds that his appointment was strictly temporary, pending a meeting of the General Assembly to choose a new head for Popeek. But Ludwig had maintained it might be weeks or months before such a meeting could be held, and that there was no harm in identifying his office. Everything under control? the U.N. man asked. Walton eyed him unhappily. I guess so. Now all I have to do is start figuring out how Mr. Fitzmaugham's filing system worked, and I'll be all set. You mean you don't know? Mr. Fitzmaugham took very few people into his confidence, Walton said. Popeek was his special brainchild. He had lived with it so long, he thought its workings were self-evident to everyone. There'll be a period of adjustment. Of course, Ludwig said. This conference you were going to have with the director yesterday, when he, uh, what was it about? Bolton asked. The U.N. men shrugged. It's irrelevant now, I suppose. I wanted to find out how Popeek's subsidiary research lines were coming along. But I guess you'll have to go through Mr. Fitzmaugham's files before you know anything, eh? Ludwig stared at him sharply. Suddenly, Walton did not like the cheerful U.N. man. "'There'll be a certain period of adjustment,' he repeated. "'I'll let you know when I'm ready to answer questions about Popeek.' "'Of course. I didn't mean to imply any criticism of you, or of the late director, or of Popeek, Mr. Walton.' "'Naturally. I understand, Mr. Ludwig.' Ludwig took his leave at last and Walton was alone in the late mr. Fitzmaugham's office for the first time since the assassination He spread his hands on the highly polished desk and twisted his wrists outward in a tense gesture His fingers made squeaking sounds as they rubbed the wood surface It had been an uneasy afternoon yesterday after the nightmare of the assassination and the subsequent security inquisition Walton wrung dry had gone home early, leaving Popeek headless for two hours. The news blares in the jet bus had been programmed with nothing but talk of the killing. A brutal hand today struck down the revered D.F. Fitzmaugham, 81, Director of Population Equalization. Security officers report definite prospects of solution of the shocking crime. And, the other riders in the bus had been vehemently outspoken it's about time they let him have it a fat woman in sleazy old clothes said that baby killer I knew they'd get him sooner or later offered a thin wispy-haired old man they had to rumor going around that he was really a Herschelite some new kid is taking over Popeek they said they'll get him too, mark my words Walton huddled in his seat pulled up his collar and tried to shut his ears but it didn't work they'll get him too, mark my words he hadn't forgotten that prophecy by the time he reached his cubicle in Upper Manhattan the harsh words had drifted through his restless sleep all night now behind the safety of his office door he thought of them again he couldn't hide it hadn't worked for Fitzmaugham, and it wouldn't for him hiding wasn't the answer walton smiled grimly if martyrdom were in store for him let martyrdom come the work of popeek had to go forward he decided he would conduct as much of his official business as possible by screen but when personal contact was necessary he would make no attempt to avoid it he glanced around Fitzmaum's office the director had been a product of the last century and he had seen nothing ugly in the furnishings of the cullen building unlike walton then he had not had his office remodeled that would be one of the first tasks to replace the clumsy battery of tungsten filament incandescence with a wall of electroluminescence to replace the creaky sash windows with some decent opacers to get rid of the accursed gingerbread trimming that offended the eye in every direction the thunkety thunk air conditioner would have to go too he'd have a molecular sorter installed in a day or two The redecorating problems were the minor ones. It was the task of filling Fitzmaugham's giant shoes, even on an interim basis, that staggered Walton. He fumbled in the desk for a pad and stylus. This was going to call for an agenda. Hastily, he wrote. 1. Cancel F's appointments. 2. Investigate setup in files. A. Lang terraforming project. B. Faster than light c budget stretchable d locate spy pickups in building three meet with section chiefs four press conference with telefax services five see ludwig straighten things out six redecorate office he thought for a moment then erased a few of his numbers and changed press conference to six and redecorate office to four he licked the stylus and wrote at the very top of the page, "Oh, finish prior affair." In a way, Fitzmaugham's assassination had taken Walton off the hook on the prior case. Whatever Fitzmaugham suspected about Walton's activities yesterday morning no longer need trouble him. If the director had jotted down a memorandum on the subject, Walton would be able to find and destroy it when he went through Fitzmaugham's files later. And if the dead man had merely kept the matter in his head well then it was safely at rest in the crematorium walton groped in his jacket pocket and found the note his brother had slipped him at lunchtime the day before in the rush of events walton had not had a chance to destroy it now he read it once more ripped it in half ripped it again and fed one quarter of the note into the disposal chute he would get rid of the rest at fifteen minute intervals and he would defy anyone monitoring the disposal units to locate all four fragments. Actually, he realized he was being overcautious. This was Director Fitzmaugham's office, and Fitzmaugham's disposal chute. The director wouldn't have arranged to have his own chute monitored, would he? Or would he? There was never any telling with Fitzmaugham. The old man had been terribly devious in every maneuver he made. The room had the dry, crisp smell of detecting devices that had been used. The close-to-the-ground ugly metering robots that had crawled all over the floor, sniffing up footprints and stray dandruff flakes for analysis. The chemical cleansers that had mopped the blood out of the rug. Walton cursed at the air conditioner that was so inefficiently removing these smells from the air. The enunciator chimed. Walton waited impatiently for a voice then remembered that Fitzmaugham had doggedly required an acknowledgment. He opened the channel and said, This is Walton. In the future no acknowledgment will be necessary. Yes, sir. There's a reporter from Citizen here, and one from Globe Telefax. Tell them I'm not seeing anyone today. Here, I'll give them a statement. Tell them the gargantuan task of picking up the reins where the late great director Fitzmaugham dropped them is one that will require my full energy for the next several days i'll be happy to hold my first official press conference as soon as popeek is once again moving on an even keel got that yes sir good make sure they print it and oh listen if anyone shows up today or tomorrow who had an appointment with director fitzmaugham tell him approximately the same thing not in those flowery words of course but give him the gist of it. I've got a lot of catching up to do before I can see people. Certainly, Director Walton. He grinned at the sound of those words. Director Walton. Turning away from the enunciator, he took out his agenda and checked off item one, cancel Fitzmaum's appointments. Frowning, he realized he had better add a seventh item to the list. Appoint new assistant administrator. Someone would have to handle his old job. But now the top priority would have to be the item ticketed zero on the list. Finish prior affair. He'd never be in a better position to erase the evidence of yesterday's illegality than he was right now. Connect me with euthanasia files, please. A moment later, a dry voice said, Files! Files, this is Acting Director Walton. I'd like a complete transcript of your computer's activities for yesterday morning between 0900 and 1200, with each separate activity itemized. How soon can I have it? Within minutes, Director Walton. Good. Send it sealed by closed circuit. There's some top-level stuff on that transcript. If the seal's not intact when it gets here, I'll shake up the whole department. Yes, sir. Anything else, sir? no that'll be on second thought yes send up a list of all doctors who were examining babies in the clinic yesterday morning he waited while he waited he went through the top layer of memoranda in Fitzmaugham's desk there was a note on top which read appointment with Lamar 11 June 1215 must be firm with him must handle with great delicacy perhaps time to let Walton know Hmm, that was interesting. Walton thought. He had no idea who Lamar might be, but Fitzmaugham had drawn a spidery little star in the upper right-hand corner of the memo sheet, indicating crash priority. He flipped on the annunciator. There's a Mr. Lamar who had an appointment with Director Fitzmaugham for twelve fifteen today. If he calls, tell him I can't see him today, but will honor the appointment tomorrow at the same time. If he shows up. Tell him the same thing. His watch said it was time to dispose of another fragment of Fred's message. He stuffed it into the disposal chute. A moment later, a green light flashed over the arrival bin. Fitzmaugham had not been subject, as Walton had been in his previous office, to cascades of materials arriving without warning. Walton drew a sealed packet from the bin. He examined the seal and found it untampered, which was good it meant the packet had come straight from the computer and had not even been read by the technician in charge with it was a type list of five names the doctors who had been in the lab the day before breaking open the packet walton discovered seven closely typed sheets with a series of itemized actions on them he ran through them quickly discarding sheets 1 2 and 3 which dealt with routine activities of the computer in the early hours of the previous day. Item 73 was his request for Philip Pryor's record card. He checked that one off. Item 74 was his requisition for the key to the clinic's gene sorting code. Item 75 was his revision of Philip Pryor's record, omitting all reference to his tubercular condition and to the euthanasia recommendation. Item 76 was the acknowledgment of this revision. Item 77 was his request for the boy's card, this time the amended one. The five items were dated and timed. The earliest was 1025, and the latest 1037, all on June 10th. Walton bracketed the five items thoughtfully and scanned the rest of the page. Nothing of interest there, just more routine business but item 92 timed at 1102 was an intriguing one 92 full transcript of morning's transactions issued by request of dr frederick walton nine three two k one oh four a z fred hadn't been bluffing then he actually had possession of all the damning evidence but when one dealt with a computer and with donerson micro memory tubes The past was an extremely fluid entity i want a direct line to the computer on floor 20 he said after a brief lag a technician appeared on the screen it was the same one he had spoken to earlier there's been an error in the records walton said an error i wouldn't want to perpetuate will you set me up so i can feed a direct order into the machine certainly sir go ahead sir this is top secret vanish the technician vanished Walton said "Items 73 through 77 on yesterday morning's record tape are to be deleted and the information carried in those tubes is to be deleted as well furthermore there is to be no record made of this transaction the voice writer on floor 20 chattered briefly and the order funneled into the computer Walton waited for a moment tensely then he said all right technician come back in where I can see you the technician appeared Walton said I'm running a check now have the machine prepare another transcript of yesterday's activities between oh nine hundred and twelve hundred and also one of today's doings for the last fifteen minutes right away sir while he was waiting for the new transcripts to arrive Walton studied the list of names on his desk five doctors Gunther, Raymond, Archer, C. Rhine. He didn't know which one of them examined the prior baby, nor did he care to find out. All five would have to be transferred. Meticulously, he took up his stylus and pad again and plotted a destination for each Gunther, Zurich, Raymond, Glasgow, Archer, Tierra del Fuego, C. Leopoldville, Rain, Bangkok. He nodded this was optimum dissemination he would put through notice of transfers later in the day and by nightfall the men would be on their way to their new scenes of operation perhaps they would never understand why they had been uprooted and sent away from new york the new transcripts arrived he impatiently walton checked through them in the june 10th transcript item 71 dealt with smallpox statistics in north america 1822 through 68 and item 72 with the tally of antihistamine supply for requisition for Clinic 3. There was no sign of any of Walton's requests. They had vanished from the record as completely as if they had never been. Walton searched carefully through the June 11th transcript for any mention of his deletion order. No, that hadn't been recorded either. He smiled his first honest smile since Fitzmaugham's assassination. Now, with the computer records erased, the director dead, and the doctors on their way elsewhere, only Fred stood in the way of Roy's chance of escaping punishment for the prior business. He decided he'd have to take his chances with Fred. Perhaps brotherly love would seal his lips after all. End of Chapter 5 of Master of Life and Death By Robert Silverberg